0: The foundational dream is family and happiness with them and enough money in the bank that the wife wakes up with enough peace that like, we all, we got what we need, you know? And then if you can do something on top of that, then great, right? But if you're missing the foundational dream, then then you're missing it, you know? Anyway, so it was it was nice to kind of like, I guess, um, uh, figure out how to like say that, bring it into words, you know, in that experience.
1: Anytime I can do an episode of the Cultural Hall where we're able to share music with you, I just love that opportunity. So excited to share this episode of the Truman Brothers here in the Cultural Hall. I've loved all the suggestions and the recent feedback. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Be sure that you use the Deseret Book link that you find at theculturalhall.com if you're purchasing some Truman Brothers music or really anything else that you hear about on the Cultural Hall that Deseret Book says. Uh, you'll be able to save yourself 15% by using the code RICHIE or just by going to the link that you find at theculturalhall.com. Click on it, it's there on the right side. Enjoy this episode of The Cultural Hall time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. I am 99% sure that these guys are related, but I think we're going to find out about it real quick. It's Ben Truman and Chad Truman. If you guys aren't brothers or, you know, some sort of relation as far as that goes, then we have a, a seriously strange anom- anomaly. Thank you for being here, gentlemen.
0: Hey, absolutely. Thanks for having some uh, weird marketing if we're not related. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So your last name is Truman, both of you, and you're not related. But yet you went with Truman Brothers as the name of your band. Uh, Music finds us. Yeah. If you guys haven't heard of them, uh, a a great duo, as the Internet would tell me, based in Nashville, Tennessee. I love all the bio stuff that we put out (laughs) on the Internet because everyone's a brand, gentlemen. I want to I want to break all that down and I want to get to know. The brothers that likely just beat the crap out of each other growing up, (laughs) right? And what that was like. Um, Which one of you is the older brother? That would be me, Uh, Ben. Yeah. All right. So, so so give us sort of the landscape of what family is like, and then don't worry, Chad. I'm going to ask you what kind of older brother Ben was. (laughs)
2: All right. No, yeah, you know, we grew up in a musical home. You know, our what does that mean? Uh, my, my dad's a musician. He's a longtime member of a, a country music band, and that's why we were moved into Nashville. And uh, well, he when he went, finished college with my with my mom. And uh, so we grew up around the music industry. My mom's a great piano player and singer. And so, um, you know, just growing up, that was osmosis through the bones all the time. And it wasn't like we were raised up or trained to be any kind Mm -hmm. of like singer or anything like that. But it just over the over the years, just an appreciation for uh, what what makes music great kind of just seeped into our blood. And um, it was kind of an accident that Chad and I even ended up doing music together. But. Yeah, just more more than anything, just uh, three brothers and a little sister running around going crazy, just like any other family growing up.
1: So, is that early experiences, Chad? Like uh, you, you met a young, I don't know, insert whichever musician when he was just starting out because of some sort of introduction through through your dad and his work, or or what? What was that like being raised sort of on this very artistic musical family?
0: I mean, we know we grew up going to Opry land and, you know, uh, we'd see our parents perform as the as young kids. And then um, and then, of course, like it was just an interesting thing of coming home from school. Oh, dad's there or we're coming home from school. Dad's not there. He's on the road. Like it's just kind of like whatever came across the table. Um, but I loved, uh, like, our mom was a big, like, let's sing in church. Let's do those kind of things. And then dad would come home and be, honestly, relatively normal as dads go, just trying to play ball with us or whatever it was. But super uh, inspired by the music that they would listen to. My dad, every time he got in his car, he's listening to 70s, you know, soul stuff, whether it's Chicago, Toto, or even, like, stylistics, which is a little bit earlier. And all of us kids, like, we we literally – my sister actually – rents our extra um, room where my wife and I live. And we were listening to stylistics the other day and just had all these stories about dad trashman. Didn't get my trash today. He's one of the songs, like we all knew the lyrics. And so obviously just by, I think by osmosis, parents love for the music, you know, then kind of came to us, but like Ben said, it wasn't a kind of um, like system that we were put in or anything like that, you know?
1: Not a system necessarily, but was there a you will play the piano after school (laughs) ban? You will take some sort of guitar (laughs) like was it? I mean, because we I think as as members of the church, I think there's something that runs rampant just within the Mm -hmm. church in that. Was that something that you guys found in your home?
2: I would say in the young years, like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, mom was like, you got to practice your piano, you know? And, uh, but by the time I was 11, I was quitting, you know, I just, I, I wasn't, I couldn't get into the classical stuff, but as I grew older, 17, 18, I was like, dang, I wish I played the piano. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I turned to Chad right before I went on my mission. I said, Hey dude, you know, it'd be really awesome is when I got
0: back, you were really, really good at the piano. <laughs> <laughs> which, and which I, helped me Yeah. because, yeah. you know, every kid around 13, not every, but most kids around 13 or 14, I've actually taught a lot of piano students the last number 10 years and there's that age where they're about to quit Mm -hmm. and my people usually call me to go save them don't let them quit (laughs) Like (laughs) keep it fun like teach them about chords teach them about the kind of modern music and um so ben yeah he gave me that challenge we're about three years apart he gave me that challenge and so i ended up um after about six years of classical lessons i did i would say end those lessons i didn't quit those lessons so much as I kept on learning a bunch of new stuff, but a lot of it was like my dad would give me what I call five second lessons. And then I would be like, Oh, and I could, I could work on that for a whole week, whatever. Mm -hmm. He would just kind of give me a little nugget. And then after a number of months of doing that, it kind of, the brain shifted and I was just like, okay, now I just, I just want to eat it all up. Right. And so they couldn't get me off the piano. And that's, that's a very important thing is if if no one turns the corner, Then they just quit, and then those skills fade away, and you have a lot of people that are like, I can play one hymn, you know? And it's like, well, dang, all those years of piano lessons, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of down the drain, I guess.
1: I I like the idea of this, like, seminary video with you, Ben, to Chad where you're like, (laughs) Chad... Uh, I appreciate that you're at my farewell but I don't want to be at yours and you're like you know with helmet in place you know and you're like take the piano and go forward and we've, we we, you you got this and and we get back we you know we will oh, we will be gosh. life mission companions right you yes. sort of paint this picture and then off in, into the dizzles with the armor of God. That
2: is gold yep. that is the dramatized version
1: yes yep. that's oh
0: all. my gosh. I, I
1: love that we've sort of talked a kind of around dad you know dad was home or dad was not it's worth mentioning uh your dad dan truman from uh, diamond rio right yeah I mean that's that's the band that we're talking about. So people are like, Oh, I bet that's some obscure oh no, I know Diamond Rio. That's like <laughs> yeah. that's like legitimate music that I can hear. Some sometimes we're like, oh yeah, he was the you know, the backup, you know, right. know, choir organ guy that traveled <laughs> with this guy who maybe you've heard of if you happen to know. I mean, that's like that's legit, real, awesome music.
2: For sure. I mean yeah. and Man, it's uh, it's so intertwined with our childhood. It, all all the things that Dad was doing. We we were five, six years old, and Chad, I guess, was three. Yeah, and we were living in this small apartment. You know, the family making nothing, close to nothing, and dad's group got a record deal and the first single goes to radio and it's meet in the middle and it flies up the charts and it's like holy cow we're still living in this tiny apartment (laughs) and it's like this crazy you know thing that's hitting our lives and um from there it was just an amazing experience and after all these years diamond rio is still together the same six guys so they're still out doing shows covid was kind of tough obviously for everybody but uh they're back at it now getting getting out there so
1: what what is that like when people go Truman, wait a minute. Do you guys get I would imagine you get some latitude with that because your dad being, you know, a stand-up good guy, you get some sort of, you know, sort of grace oh, as far as that yeah. goes. But do you also get a little bit of, oh, sure. Yeah. The Osman second generation. Let's see if they sort of, you know, chalk up to that.
0: Well, honestly, my, my quick answer is no. I feel like anytime that happens, it's one, yeah, like it's a cool thing to reference. And if 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 our dad or our grandpa or grandma, like we have a lot of, and even our my mom's parents, like there's a lot of good legacy from them. And it just, honestly, you just feel proud to be a part of it and associated, you know? And if someone, usually someone's like, you know, 40 years ago, I played with your dad and this we had some great times. It's like, that's great. That's where our relationship starting is like, you know, like we're already at a good spot. Anyway, it's it's pretty cool and tender. Usually, you know.
1: Uh, I think about the the challenges that sort of come with it, and and the gift that your dad gave you of not only showing uh, what it's like to struggle and make its way through things, but be able to risk. And when you guys, you know, Ben says, hey, I'm out. and going to go do this mission thing. Be super cool if you you knew what the heck you were doing when I got back. Uh, And then you guys sort of take that adventure. What was that like trying to talk yourself into it or out of, you know, being the Truman Brothers?
2: I mean, at first it was completely organic, right? It was just about, Oh, dude, let's jam. Let's let's you know we're in college. We can go by the by the bonfire, and there's some girls there. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll you know sing a couple songs. It'll be perfect. And uh, we had no intention of doing anything um, specific or official. It just it really grew organically out of out of college, the college experience.
3: And
0: yeah. uh, I remember yeah. Ben coming home. He had this melody, and he he didn't really play you know to the uh, the level of like chords and national number system that I had just spent a lot of time on. So he would sing the melody, and I put the chords to it, and we're like, that's cool. Um, Let's do that again. And then, yeah, like he's saying, it started like little small apartment gigs, little whatever, and uh, it was very organic, yeah.
1: I want to take a break real quick. Uh, We've talked a lot about your music, and maybe there are people that are listening that have no idea what this sounds like. Uh, And so within that break, I want to sample a little bit of one of your guys' songs. We'll come back, and I want to keep this story up with the Truman Brothers. We'll do that in the second block of the Cultural Hall. (laughs) A busy full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to bestdjinutah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T., and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party, whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes point is uh, you know you you throw shekels my way i'll come to wherever you're at we could even combine it and make it an episode of the cultural hall mind blown if you are in need of a dj at all or someone in your family's get married would like to be able to talk to me i would love to be able to talk to them it's best When you need creative affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit lennondesign.com.
3: You look up at the sky. And wanna ask him why his plan could ever bring such pain when it feels your hope is gone you hear a whisper in the rain it's just the storm before Just the darkness before the dawn when the wind is raging. Keep holding on, cause it's just the storm, it's
1: just the storm before. All right, so a little sample of what you just heard. That's called Before the Calm. It's the Truman Brothers. Uh, you guys, uh, could we not have thought of something a little more creative than just taking your last name and your position and status <laughs> to each other and making that the name of what? Hey, that that's a great question. We actually thought
2: maybe we need to go with some you know, other thing, mm-hmm. and we tried uh, a lot of names and just nothing ever stuck. So mm-hmm. we're still Truman Brothers after all these years.
0: It, yeah. It's harder than
1: you think, I think. Right, right.
0: For sure, yeah. and and like we were saying, the, the organicness of like just kind of be, being two individuals. Now we just do stuff together. We are brothers, so there was already this built in brand early on. And so once you start building, uh, I guess a you know a name recognition really, right? Then it uh, it would be kind of a little bit on the business side, dumb if you move away from it. So we did try a few things, but yeah, never never really.
1: Ooh, what one. terrible things did you try? I have to know oh. what terrible things you tried. <laughs> oh man! Oh,
0: our very first name was the burning bush. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, then, <laughs> why? and then... Why? Why were you at first? And I appreciate it. People that are Patreon saints that are watching this, he leans into this is the camera. This
0: 2005. <laughs> we were, you know, just trying stuff. And then we were, quickly became the singing bush, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is a reference from Three Amigos. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that didn't stick, huh? I'm so surprised. No. no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was like, yeah, we're overthinking this. Let's go. And then, yeah, then we just went with Truman. Actually, at the time, it was just simply, simply Truman, mm-hmm. and uh, and that worked for a while. That was a good, good six, seven years that we did that. Do
1: you, Do you find that it is uh, a, a prompter for your success, a struggling for your success, or indifferent, and in that you couldn't think of it any other way? The fact that you guys are brothers in doing this.
2: I think it helps. You know, in a way, the thing that's most um, beneficial about it is that we can't seem to get away from each other, right? We are family. Like other bands might say, you know, we're on different pages. We're going to go our separate ways. Uh, And even in moments that it's felt like that, because we're two different people, right? Mm -hmm. But we're, we're brothers, and you know, we still say, hey, let's let's jam. Let's here. I got this idea, and we just keep on. Uh, Coming up with stuff that we just, we love making and it just keeps us doing it,
1: you know. What was it like or what was the moment where you're like, hey, maybe we're not just trying to find our eternal companion with our guitar around the bonfire. Maybe we should really go for this. Like, what was that transition?
2: Uh, That's a great question. There were moments when there was things happening in the faces of the people listening to the music there's like oh this is more than just like a Friday night hang you know Mm -hmm. and we started doing events in 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 the area we went to BYU so in Provo and and this was about the time that Provo really was taking off as like a cool music town you know Uh, there was really cool things happening we were contemporaries actually of Imagine Dragons and doing shows around the The same time the
0: the huge popular you know popular venue just had opened up right you know and so
2: we were just starting to do things and it just we, again we weren't trying to like we weren't scheming to do anything in, intense but it just kind of kept on creating opportunities for us and uh we
0: we did battle the bands at byu and we won mm-hmm. the thing we're like what the heck's going that on?" that was a cool moment that was literally three weeks wait no no like six days before i went into the mtc we <laughs> right. did battle the bands right and that was incredible as a as a hyped 19 year old
1: let, let me ask you about that then because uh, I, I had heard Ben sort of make his reference to his mission and I didn't want to m- do that awkward so where did you serve Chad and then yeah. have you be like <laughs> um, bec- because the fact of the matter is you, you lead your own life right people going to make their own choices and I yeah. don't ever want anyone to feel shame and, and that's something that we focus a lot on here in the cultural hall is it's like listen you do you and, do, and be sure. the best you that For you can sure. and if you decide that that's how it is but I have to imagine if six days before you you go to the MTC, you win a, a you know a battle of the bands at a thirty thousand plus student university, and then mm-hmm. six days later they're like lights out, it's eight thirty. Please turn your light. Do you know where your companion is? Like what? What a juxtaposition of positions. Uh,
0: you know, honestly, I I loved both both things. That moment, my one of my good buddies. Uh, so I grabbed my mom's camera videoed our performance so we still have it which is so amazing and my buddy grabbed the camera as they were announcing the winners at the very end so we have our like true shock like that will always be one of my favorite moments but i also um the summer before my mission i went out with the missionaries a lot like 3 or 4 times a week for like 4 hours at a time in uh, in nashville where, you know where we're from and and then I got called to Colorado, English speaking. And I just was so ready to do that exact thing. You know, I was able to have a, a positive experience teaching a family from day one. Like we knocked on their door as, as a non-missionary, just helping them out and then baptized one of the kids, you know? And so that, that whole thing, I was just was stoked for it. I know Ben had such a, you know, he had always these amazing emails back home and, and a positive experience. And so it's like, and my dad is as well, I was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And Every, every bit of it, the learning, the growing, the hard was, um, was amazing. you know, so I, I, I honestly, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it was too much juxtaposition. It was just kind of like, let's go next thing.
1: Where did you serve, Ben? Mexico. Okay, Spanish-speaking, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, not necessarily. Don't laugh, Chad. Not everyone <laughs> in Mexico speaks Spanish.
0: Well, that's why I'm laughing. I was like, "That'd be hilarious if it was like, you know, yeah. uh, Filipino or yeah, whatever." You're speaking hey. Mandarin
1: in Guadalajara, Mexico.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I ran into some Mennonites in the middle of Mexico one time that spoke nothing but German, and it was a wild
0: experience. Oh my yeah. gosh.
1: So, so a thing that I would be curious, it was not uh, the case when I served uh, Cleveland, uh, C-Town, oh, everybody, whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> nice. But, but we weren't allowed to do things like bring guitars or sort of incorporate the who we were before into what we are now. And that's a huge shift that's existed in the last 20 mm-hmm. years. Were you able to do some of that as you were able to serve? Start with Ben, then you, Chad.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. and I mean... I, there was a lot of, you know, you're always singing and stuff at zone conferences and stuff like that, even just with other missionaries. And, it, you know, people knew I was from Nashville and I was doing music to a degree. And, uh, actually the last like two months of my mission, I actually was able to travel my mission president ended his mission the same time I did. And so he did a kind of a farewell thing and went to every zone. And then I was the featured, uh, vocalist and stuff. And that was awesome. You know, that was a great experience. And, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, I, I always say that, um, before my mission, I, I wasn't a great singer necessarily, like and I wasn't a great songwriter or anything. And when I got back, something had happened and um truly like I don't know I don't know, it was just more seasoned uh in, in heart and mind. I don't know. But uh suddenly songs and, and the voice came out in a in a huge way and I just I like to think that uh spending time uh using it in the service of others kinda of paved the way for being able to have some growth. So
1: what about you, Chad? Oh,
0: I'll never forget <laughs> so many versions of lessons but my very first trainer were at every our our standard our mission was that every lesson you sing a song at the end you sing a small little clip of a hymn wait really yes oh that's awesome it was awesome and even the elders who couldn't sing sisters who couldn't sing you had to sing right and so my companion and I like we start singing you know like um I need the every as the ending you know right before the prayer just to kind of and I'm just like, i need sing every hour, right? And afterwards, Mike trainer would be like, hey, man, just bring it down. <laughs> you know, and that was like little small things like that are just, it was so healthy because, you know, just luckily, and he did it so, I guess, helpfully. Um, and so throughout the mission, we, we would sing, we would sing, um, but there was nothing extra until the last six months of my mission, actually. I was able to do once a month a musical fireside and uh, songs for our saviors, what we called it. And it was so fun because I'd go to each zone. Um, the arrangements that I created and some of them also we just did from the hymn book, um, but we'd have everybody we'd practice two or three times. And then we'd invite the entire stake, all the recent converts, everybody like trying to make it as big a thing as possible. And uh, so that was, of course, a very unique and beautiful thing to be a part of. And we still have a few recordings of that, which is really cool.
1: It's one of the things that I've been impressed the most about the church in the last few years is that it seems more of a bring who you are to the mission and allow people to connect to that. I think it's always sort of been there, but I feel like a lot of these, a missionary looks like this, must Mm. do this, is this, I think is starting to break away. And I think we're more successful that way. If we truly believe that, you know, we're called to these particular places to be able to teach the particular people who we're going to be able to reach then we need to be able to be ourselves, not a you know a held up model of a person that yeah. you know maybe we have some of it but not necessarily all of, of what that that vision uh, oh. of that person is I would be Total curious uh, from from each of you what do you think it is that uh, that it is about music that um, shares the spirit in a way that is different than bearing a testimony or saying a prayer that is
2: dude, I think about that a lot. Um, we' we're also have, have the chance to be part of a band called Nashville Tribute Band who has years of just really just delivering not typical songs of faith, right it, you know it's just it, they came in doing this country music kind of thing and but it, it really was about um, the messaging right and and how melody and lyric, when it's combined in a certain way, does something unbelievably special. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to measure and quantify why that is, but I, I, I totally agree that some ways it it, it releases. Um, I think in one in one way it breaks it breaks down people's walls, right? Because you're enjoying hearing something, you're, you're, the music is is kind of sneaking into your system, and then you're able to hear the message in a way maybe you weren't able to previously. And I think maybe that has something to do with it, but yeah. yes.
0: The word pops in my head, frequencies, like almost like scientifically, I feel like there's a way that stuff is happening. It's getting to the heart and the brain different than just someone speaking or whatever, you know?
1: Simple. I like that. Uh, When you guys go out and perform and you have the opportunity to uh, share the talents that God has given you, is there a responsibility that you each feel to, to share that which is God given? Or is it less a reflection of that? And you're just like, listen, I don't know anything else.
2: I mean, totally. I, I, uh, we, we've, we've written all kinds of songs, right? Songs about life and love and relationships. What we're doing now with our most recent project is completely focused on uh, songs of faith. And I don't feel feel like I've ever been more at home with the direction that we're taking than I do now because I do like to align the the talents that we have with the most important message that we feel, you know. And that is definitely uh, songs that help people recognize and uh and find recognize the challenges in their life and find the the answers for helping them get through them overcoming them and and then turning um, outward and helping others right like this is this gospel that we live and finding ways to assist people in that process is uh, so gratifying through through music and so um i would say that it's it's a it's a perfect recipe for for
0: me at least <laughs> amen
1: okay he said amen which means he's got nothing further to add to that I appreciate <laughs> that Chad yes sir. Do you ever get worried about? I know people will talk about if they are actors that they get worried that they'll be cast as oh that's the that's the Mormon actor Th- those are the Mormon brothers that's the right you know, that that's the Christian singing. Do you guys ever worry about anything like that as you brand yourself out and 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 work to create lifelong careers in the music industry? It's
2: definitely a consideration, right? Because it's like I know what that. I know what I've thought about people like, oh, they just do this, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Oh, they'll be on the next EFY album, I bet. Right, right.
2: (laughs) And in a way, we've taken that as a challenge because the the music that we've recently recorded and released, you know, our, our goal was to make this as engaging and interesting as any other kind of music you could be tuning in to listen to right now with this messaging and, and lyrics that yes, they speak to faith and stuff, but you're not missing anything in terms of the music quality. That was our goal. Right. And um, you know, this isn't Sunday music. We, we wanted to make music for every day of the week. And so it's a challenge and we wanted to, we hoped that we write, we wrote songs that uh, kind of reach that benchmark and help people actually say, Hey, I'm going to to change my whole concept of what Sunday music is or church music is. This is stuff I want to listen to, not just because it's Sunday, but because I like it. You know,
1: what about for you, Chad?
0: I mean, uh, I, the best part is like, I, you want to make music you like yourself of course. And I, I like this stuff. I like listening, trying to as much as possible, put on like the audience ears, right. Mm -hmm. The, the non-artist ears. And it's cool because after we were so in, like so involved in the studio, doing all the things to get it all ready, then it releases right, and then you kind of just take a break for a second. And so it was fun, just like a few days ago, putting in the you know, the, the I guess not the CD, but pushing play on Apple Music. I'm right? sorry,
1: what's a CD? Uh... Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but it was so great pushing play and just being like, oh yeah, I like this. Now being a little bit more removed and trying to you know start fresh, you know, and it was enjoyable, I guess.
1: I I think for you guys knowing that music would be a part of your life was probably a no-brainer given the example of mom and dad you know, with dad being on the road and touring and your mom certainly being a musical influence and you talked about other family as well. I would Mm -hmm. be curious as you sought out uh, life and eternal partners, how that what (laughs) what what kind of cell that was like.
2: Oh yeah, (sighs) you know it worked for and against right? I mean certain relationships I had it was like. My dad thinks that you know, blah yeah. blah blah. blah.
1: When like, are you going to okay. get a job that
2: needs a suit, right. Ben? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it not not. This isn't a relationship thing, but I was at BYU, and one of my classes, you know, someone was like, "Hey, Truman had just came out with this new this new album." Can we? It was, it was a finance class. It wasn't a music class, but like, let's let's turn it on at the beginning of the class. And so we are listening to this, and the teacher comes over. She's like, "Well, that's great. You know, it's 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 fun to do this kind of stuff. But one day, right, we all just got to get a real job and all these things <laughs> and and she's telling me this i'm like i mean she doesn't know my dad has made music and money doing that for 30 years you know Mm i mean and and, uh, again we didn't that wasn't our intention to do that either but um it's just funny because it definitely took away that block of you can't make music as a legitimate you know thing Mm -hmm. And, and, and and so we definitely wanted to find in our relationships people who appreciated that and were willing and God bless our, our sweet wives, man. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, they let us keep on chasing the opportunities that come our way and they do it, uh, happily and supportively. So,
0: you know, I loved my wife, Catherine. Um, she, it was so fun just to have a very organic, you know, dating experience in college hanging out. And then once we became, oh, like Robbie, right, right, right around the time we became exclusive, in the sense of dating. Um, When you had
1: the DTR, you sat her down, (laughs) Yeah, you sat her down at the creamery and said, babe, Hey, listen, (laughs) you got to discuss a few things. Yes, But yeah, she, uh,
0: she learned really quickly, I guess, what life would be like with me and with me doing stuff with Ben, because we were doing a lot of college shows, like the college circuit at the time for about four or five years. Within that span, we did about a hundred shows at 80 colleges and, Um, We were gone for like 25 straight days and we had, again, Kath and I had just started like really dating and then I had to leave for three and a half weeks and she learned real quickly how that felt. And then also there was a beautiful moment when I came home and I just went back to her place. And uh, after the 25 days on the road, which is so crazy, kind of like, again, I'm referencing our dad, but getting home and then just seeing my future wife there waiting and then the hug. I don't know. There's this really cool moment that we had on, you know, 1004 North in Provo. It's just so cool. And then ever since then, as we Ben and I, you know, music is like this. A lot of creatives they make money, they don't. And for a season, depending on you know this, you know, the year and all that. And my wife has made money like this
1: <laughs> as, a,
0: as a consistent, you know, foundational income and support. And it's just been you know crucial and amazing.
1: How do your your wives get along with each other? I would think that they would have to get along really well. Man, it's so hard to
0: even imagine them not getting along, actually. That's like, oh, my gosh. We, we got really lucky
2: because, I mean – they, in in actuality, are probably close to best friends just because mm-hmm. of how much time they spend together and uh, and how much they get along. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's been awesome. Very helpful.
1: <laughs> Do you guys get gospel shade? Let me explain it to you uh, oh, if you're unfamiliar yeah. with the term. I don't know that. Is. Like where um where people within the church, almost like your finance teacher, Ben, where, where people will sort of be like, oh, well, you clearly couldn't be a great father or a great spouse if you're gone right like the absence of of being able to do that or it doesn't fit what they feel like is to be traditional and so they don't say oh you're clearly not being a faithful servant or doing this the right way but they kind of make those comments where where you're like did he just did he just gospel shade me
0: (laughs) gospel shade i've never heard that wow I would say. Yeah, I mean, do you, have you got that, then? Not,
2: not in terms of. I mean, I feel like I've taken that maybe as myself a challenge a, to not let um, those the music ever get over get get more important to me than. The, the most important thing right so mm-hmm. I, I think i beat people to the punch on that because we we, I, we try to balance really well music life versus family life and again we had this example of that growing up and um you, you know i i do think people ask that question a lot they, they want to know how do you do it how do you uh balance both things and for me the answer is kind of you put one first Mm-hmm. and then you and then you let the other seep around the cracks and that and that's the way that uh, I know I won't regret anything at the end of my life and for and, sure and, and that's working so far
0: for sure well, I was just gonna add real quick I, I used to play um, uh, keyboards for a couple of years for David Archuleta and his touring band which was a blast so fun and one time we played tu and the uh, uh, the principal asked me to do a seminar for their whole school so 300 400 kids in this thing and I played a couple songs and then just opened it up for questions. And one of the questions was basically, how do you go for your dreams and how do you balance it and all that kind of stuff? And it was so fun to um, uh, answer something I really had never thought of before. But the foundational dream is family and happiness with them and enough money in the bank that the wife wakes up with enough peace that like we, all, we got what we need, you know. And then if you can do something on top of that, then great. Right. But if you're missing the foundational dream, then then you're missing it, you know. Anyway, so it was, it was nice to kind of like, I guess, um, uh, figure out how to like say that, bring it into words, you know, in that experience. How many, everything.
1: how many times within the church do we have the conversation of, I don't know how they would do it in Hollywood or in this case in Nashville, right? Where it's like they're surrounded by the oh, yeah. the sins of alcohol and, and all these <laughs> things. And, 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 and they are. They're very serious things, right? And I would mm-hmm. never want anyone to be a, addicted or being controlled by something like that. But we almost are like, you know, that unbeatable power of alcohol. No, you say no. You don't drink. Right. You don't smoke. You don't. Start taking drugs so that you'll never be addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Right. And and for the longest time, I feel like we've had sort of this, like, how do you do it? And you guys had the the model example for it within your home where it's like, I pick you guys and I'll be back. Right. Peace out. Uh, yeah. One of the, the founders of
2: Nashville Tribute Band, he always talks about this because he always gets that exact thing. You know, like, how hard is it in Nashville? And he goes, look, I've been offered a joint one time in 30 years and that's it. Because people know what I'm about and and they respect that, you know what I mean? Because I made it clear. And uh, he goes, the fact is on any number, in any number of industries and careers, you go to a convention and there's all kinds of mm-hmm. things waiting for you out there. You know what I mean? Like there are always temptations around every corner, no matter where you're at. And it's just about you deciding what you're going to do, and what you're not going to do. And the rest kind of falls pretty s- smooth after that.
1: I can remember a, uh, an experience, and I'll just share this real quick, then we'll take a break, um, where it was pretty well known within my professional cl- uh, career that I am a member of the church as well. And and of course, everyone sort of knows the word of wisdom things. And I remember in sort of my mid-20s uh, that I was at a party and I was like, ah, yeah, you know, maybe I would actually like to drink. And so it was sort of extended for, to me from someone that didn't know I was a member of the church. And several people rallied and they're like, he wouldn't be interested. Thank you. And I was like... <laughs> Huh. I'm, I'm. I'm glad. I yeah. I'm glad I you know was able to put that out there because then I was able to get in a better mental space. But right. you're right. We we let people know who and what we stand for, and you know most of the time that'll keep ourselves out of it. But sometimes it allows other people to be like, no, no, no. Don't even bother. You know, I love that. that.
2: I love <laughs> that. We experienced that down in the South for sure growing up. Yes. I love that.
1: Uh, let's take another break. I want to play some more music. And then uh, when we come back, there are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. Plus, I got another couple other pickup questions I want to ask you. We'll do that coming back in the third block.
4: Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free, really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer, signed, skeptical. Hi, skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, skeptical.
3: (gasps) i see a man holding our side says help me please we're left to stop but there's somewhere i got to be a few weeks later doubled over on the floor trying to recover from the things that i have done Whole tears falling as i look up at the sky and i say the same words that were
1: What you just heard is beggars. Uh, I'm visiting with the Truman Brothers. Uh, And now here's the thing. If you are not a Patreon saint of the cultural hall, you really should be. It's an opportunity for you to be able to see uh, the video. You get to see that Chad's a handsome gentleman. Ben is a handsome gentleman, and then there's a guy who is like, old time Sesame Street, one of these kids is not like the other, like he just doesn't fit in, he's trying real hard, we pat him on the head, Uh, you can see that. You can also see that Chad is uh, doing this interview from his grandmother's lounge, where he's got the the oldest looking chair and the silk curtain where he's just like... (laughs) hello and welcome you should become, <laughs> you should become a patreon saint it gets you to be a part of that secret but not sacred facebook group where we chat about everything behind <laughs> oh the scenes Oh my gosh! And we would love to have you there it's <laughs> patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall uh gentlemen i have to ask you uh aside from dad because that's the obvious answer uh starting with chad instead of ben give me your musical influences Oh,
0: okay. For sure. Outside of family, um, Stevie Wonder, John Mayer, Rune 5, Gavin DeGroc, you know, people that were launching when I was in high school, I think it was always an important, you know, time. Uh, Jamie Colum, uh And then a little bit later, I got into Toto. And uh, I guess that's kind of uh, Billy Joel, of course. Um, so that's kind of the quick, the quick list.
2: All right, Ben. Uh, everyone in our family uh, regards Stevie Wonder as almost like canon. You know what I mean? Why, uh, why is that?
1: I mean, I love a, I love a, you know, a signed, sealed, delivered, just like mm-hmm. the next guy. But is it, is it the soul? Is it that it was so different? Why, why do you think? I
2: mean, most of his most popular songs are like the up tempo, like Superstition, Signed, Sealed,
0: Delivered. He has the best ballads in all mankind. As a, as a songwriter, yeah, like he really is the top tier. And many people just think of him, you know, as a great performer and all that kind of stuff. But yes, um, the songwriting aspect, when when 2000 hit, a four-disc greatest hits was released at the close of a century by C.V. Wonder. And somehow, I think just dad bought that and it showed up at our house and we couldn't get enough of that four-disc thing. And so when I was about, I think I was 12, and so it was so nice to... Not that Avril Lavigne or Sugar Ray is not cool, mm-hmm. but it was nice to have another option and kind of get honed in on some really cool, deep, great music when I, you know, at that age.
2: All right. What else, Ben? Uh, you know, we're similar. This is another reason Chad keep on making music together. A uh, huge John Mayer fans. I, there's a group I like right now, a lot called Tame Paula. Oh sure! Uh, yeah, I, I love what what they're doing, and uh, you know, we just—I think our influences are definitely across decades and across genres. We don't like getting pigeonholed in that because I feel like that really squashes your your creativity.
0: And we—I mean, Ben, talk about some countries, you know, artists or songs, you know, will be up there as well. For sure. I mean, we we grew up in Nashville
2: and people wouldn't know me as like a big country music fan, but some of the best songs ever written are country music songs.
1: Like what? It. Like what, Ben? <laughs> uh, check out the
0: the house that built me mm-hmm. by, uh, who right. <laughs> <laughs> Originally that was for Blake Shelton. They were married at the time yeah, yeah. and she goes, let me sing it. And so he gave we're, it to her. We're
2: huge fans of Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, She has some really great stuff. So yeah, I mean, just if it's for us, it's it's, it's, the Nashville motto is literally it all starts with a song. And I feel like that way about the way I listen to music and the way I make make music. Let's start with a three and a half minute song that gets into people's bones. Uh, And so that that's kind of been our gauge for what we like and what we what we do.
1: When yeah. I think when I think about the church in Nashville, for whatever reason, my mind sort of thinks that it's like um, a ward in Manhattan. Follow me here, because I <laughs> feel like there is a, a certain group of people that are all sort of similarly interested that move to this place that is known for this particular thing. So obviously, when it's Manhattan, it's their singers and dancers, and they want to be on Broadway. And I think when people are looking to break into either country music or the music industry, they sort of congregate (pun intended) to Nashville. Mm-hmm. What is that like within the church there?
2: It's hilarious because you see it over and over again. You know, someone comes up on Fast Sunday and says, We just moved to town. We uh, felt that we should, we were inspired to come move to Nashville Mm -hmm. and and, uh, pursue the music dream. And who are we to say anything to that? Because that's exactly what our dad did. But man, it's a tough thing because they've come time and time again. And then a year or two later, they leave time and time again, because it's hard. It's hard out there. If you're thinking you're going to make it, you got to come yeah. out there thinking I ain't going to make it like it's going to yeah. be okay that I don't because I want to do this no matter what.
0: And and if you do make it, it's going to be 20 years from now. You know, it's <laughs> right. Usually it's a long, you know,
1: it's a long time. It's that overnight success that took 11 years to get there. And people are like, I've never heard of. And you're like, you never heard? I've been doing this literally every (laughs) single waking (laughs) breath of my life for the last decade. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Is the church pretty supportive of one another? I mean, you talk about it sort of where you're like, oh, good luck to this person, but is it a pretty tight-knit group? Do people kind of get together? I would imagine like talent shows and or musical Sundays in Nashville are just unreal.
2: There's magic, uh, Richie, with that kind of stuff. Um, Our aunt, who recently passed away just last year, she was known and beloved as this person who opened up her home to all of these crazy musicians that were moving to town (laughs) and so many friendships and bands even were formed out Mm -hmm. of these little hangouts on these nights. And we, you know, in Nashville, people love to get together with guitars, pianos, and sit in the round as they say, and just share music. And we would do that all the time. And that was a great supporting uh, thing that all the LDS folk in the area would do together. And uh, that's how we met uh, all kinds of, of friends for, that we still cherish today. So, mm-hmm. and, and very little,
0: what's the word, something shade?
1: Yeah, gospel, gospel shade. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's
0: just a new term. I've never heard of that. which, what which, which I'm saying. It's a, it's a, um, a tribute to, to the city of Nashville or the culture there. I never received any of that shade or anything like that. Yeah. Very supportive.
1: I'm looking forward to your next album where you guys have a song called Gospel Shade and I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not referenced at all. And I'll be like, I hear you guys. I know where that came from. I know where I know where that yeah. is. Do uh, the, the wheels uh, are turning. Either of you guys have kids? I have three
2: kids. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And they're one, three and six. Oh, cool. So So
1: super easy.
2: (laughs) It's a lot, man. It's a lot. And man, there, there are times back to your previous question about how do you juggle the two things? And, and uh, I, I, we think about this, this is the grand question of my life right now. And I'm just so thankful again for my wife, um, for my brother, Chad, who gets that I, that this is so important, right? That I, that I, and he's a, he's a great uncle to these kids. And, uh, man, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's a
0: huge blessing.
1: Yep. No, no kids, Chad. You know,
0: my wife and I, it, you never know what chapter where right right. will come down the book, but we had in, infertility for the last six, seven years. And so we've been trying different things, holistic side, different stuff, you know, and maybe in the next few months, we might start going into the more um, advanced stuff with IVF and different things, because of course, bringing on the kids, we want to have, You know, uh, maybe triplets who want to catch up and and keep on rocking, you know? Oh, how fun would that be? (laughs) I
1: I appreciate you being open about that, because as soon as I asked the question, I was like, man, I hope this goes in in an okay way. But I really appreciate, because I think 20, 30 years ago within the church, like, again to that gospel shade oh he's mm-hmm. given up the the you know thoughts of being a parent so that he can be in this in this rock band uh, you know that kind of thing no, or no. that you just wouldn't talk about the struggles and and we are we are real people where the church is going i'm so optimistic um, being able to support individuals like yourself, and being able to have those open conversations, and you're just like, yeah, we're trying, and we hope, and if that doesn't work, we'll try something else, and if that doesn't yeah. work, we'll do something else. Um,
0: for sure, for sure. I mean, here's the deal: we we all have our things, and the more the least the the less we talk about it, the more in the darkness they stay, and that's where Satan lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we if we bring stuff out in the open, whether again, obviously, stuff you're struggling with in this realm is a little different, but addiction, all the things, it's just. It's stuff that we, we should be talking about and not throwing any shade because I have A, but you have B, right? Mm-hmm. We we all have a letter. Like, right. we all have a thing. And so, yeah, I think the more we do that, yeah, hopefully that, that culture can go, go away where we're not talking about stuff, you know?
1: I don't want to go too far away from Ben talking about his kids and uh, the joke I wanted to make. Uh, is that, you know, when you come home from being on tour, does one of your kids bring you the Dr. Seuss book that says, are you my father? And you're like, oh, oh no, uh, maybe we, maybe we need to be a little less. I'm just teasing, of course. I think uh, it, bo- it bothers
2: me a lot more than it bothers them that I'm gone for a few days, man. I, 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 it kills me. I love getting home and It's the best feeling in the world.
1: Well, and the other thing that, that I think is interesting when you talk about this is, you know, when you're home, like you're really home whereas for you sure. know you know dads would have to go to the office and and be gone a mm-hmm. portion of the day like when you're home it's it's dad all day all the time oh dad's got to go again but i think that's a different dynamic that i don't yeah. think that that we talk enough about the benefits of like dad making your breakfast and and then you're going on the field trip with dad in the middle of the day right. and then you know that sort of thing that that can for come about from a sure.
2: schedule like this. I mean, and and we grew up with that exact thing, right? We had a kind of a model for how we could do it ourselves because yeah, sometimes dad missed birthdays, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But other times he's around for stuff that no dad is around for, you know, and it's just the best and it's just, it's not, it's not bad. It's just different. And it's yeah. unusual for most people to think about, but man, uh, I love getting back from, uh, yeah, from being out and just being able to just go do something crazy with the boys and, and uh, pull them out of school, even if we have to, you know, just to go do to hang. So.
1: How does dad feel about what you guys are doing?
0: Oh, he's just supportive and he just loves it, you know. He
2: he's awesome. He um he you know, there's definitely the <clears throat> the manager dad, the manager mom that exists out there and that is not our not our situation at all. Uh dad from the very beginning, he's just been like, "Man, these are some good tunes." <laughs> you know, and he just Every time he, he's just like, guys, I think you got to keep writing songs. I, I graduated from BYU with a finance degree and I had this mm-hmm. fork in the road moment. I'm like, all right, we've been doing this stuff with the band at BYU and we're having some success, but you know, do I go? And and he calls me up. He says, you know, man, I, I think you got to keep trying music. He didn't tell me you got to like, he just said the songs dictate that you should, you know what I mean? Which was mm-hmm. just the greatest compliment and also the best encouragement um, letting the 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 songs and the the passion behind the music lead out with our decision, and uh, here we still are, man.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty. Then awesome. gave up a, a a super cool was it like an internship or a, a starter job with. Some some major thing. What was that called then? I don't. Even, it was some investment bank, and
2: I, uh, you know, it, very different life. Very different life if, if I would have gone down that path. But
1: uh, he could have been a senior vice president. It was this company, Goldman, Goldman. Sachs. Yeah. I mean, you, you may you may know it. Um, right, right, right. But there was that fork in the the room. You know, it reminds me of Taysom Hill a little bit. I don't. I mean, we got a,
2: a mix. True. But he he was going to be an, an investment banker, I think, if if he didn't pan out, and all signs pointed it wasn't going to pan out because he had so many injuries and stuff, and just the fact that you know you get that chance, and you pursue mm-hmm. it. I mean, I, I think the same thing is like as long as there's there's stuff left in the tank with music, you got to go for it, uh, as long as everything else makes sense with your family life and everything, because uh, you just never know, man. You got to keep on pushing. Ben, you're like the
0: backup quarterback for the Saints. Uh, that, yes, that's me, <laughs> dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean to that point and I don't want to go too far down a, the sports allegory but to know that you know Taysom probably a little bit uncommon for for where he's at in, in the NFL and who knows what, what the next season is going to bring you know they're talking sure. about maybe he'll be the starter etc but yeah. that he has re uh, uh, reinvented or it's essentially created this position of what he does of being a utility player for the Saints mm-hmm. right, right. That, that didn't exist before you know the skills in abilities that he had now people are saying how do we get a Taysom hill right and i think bringing it home wait for it gentlemen <laughs> i think the question is is how do we get more truman brothers in the world
2: oh. dude you know we are working we are working hard at that in a way i do feel like what we do is a little niche uh, because there's secular music pop music and then there's kind of church music and we're trying to like cross those venn d- d- diagrams right right in the sweet spot and uh you know christian music has a huge following mm-hmm. uh, but there's 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 some uh, interesting uh, difficulties breaking into the christian industry as a latter-day saint sure um so we're well, because all... we're
1: not christians ben
2: but that's right, a, discussion right, right. For a
1: different time
2: <laughs> well, we've heard mm-hmm. that yeah but um you know, we're, we, we see an opportunity here where, look, it's not really carved out yet, but there are people like great music and, uh, and, and stuff they don't have to listen to just on Sundays. And people do also like to be uh, encouraged in their faith. You know, that's why they turn into tune into the Cultural Hall podcast, right? Like there are people that mm-hmm. want these things to cross and we're trying our best to deliver that. And so hopefully the, the, as good as we do at that uh, we will be around more and more.
1: Our time has grown short, gentlemen. There are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. Uh, we'll go Ben and Chad for each of these uh, yeah. in that order. Now, Chad, you've listened to the cultural hall before, so you're aware uh, of what these questions may in fact be. Ben has no idea. He's flying without a net <laughs> right now. Uh, the oh, first boy. question is, is uh, do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is said calling? I do.
2: Uh, Sunday school. Second counselor, <laughs> which is a unique place to be. Sunday school is a unique kind of like gray area. Like no one respects you, but you have a lot to you know handle. So uh, yeah, that's my calling.
1: So you're taking roll off of like the Zoom calls. It's like, oh yeah, their computer's on. Okay.
0: Yeah, right. right. What about you, Chad? Um, no calling right now. We moved into our new ward right uh, as the pandemic started. So we've been online only, you know, and so it's been a little bit of that-ness, right? Um, uh, if
1: you guys could pick a calling for yourself, starting with you, Ben, uh, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick?
2: I've always loved like uh, teaching elders quorum or I mean, I guess I've never done Sunday school, but I would love that. I I, uh, I, I enjoy kind of just getting to the bottom of really cool subjects and uh, letting the conversation just kind of do its thing inside the classroom instead of like being up there preaching. And uh, I, I've always enjoyed
0: those callings when I've had them. Definitely like that. I like... Maybe even more than teaching like yellow squirm teaching the youth. That'd be my quick answer.
1: What age are we talking about?
0: Like um, 14 to 17. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because 12 is very different than 14. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. I I mean that. Man, as a a former teacher of 12-year-olds and one of them just got married, like that will blow your mind where you're like, you are (laughs) old enough to, uh, how old am I? And I'm not very old, but you know. It was a calling I'd had fairly early in my youth all right last question gentlemen uh, mm-hmm. and either of you can take this but make sure you let people know which one of you is 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 talking so that they can attribute this appropriately um, but the question is is what is your favorite part of your faith this is Ben <laughs> uh,
2: there's a clarity that comes from the incredible pure gospel truths that we that we believe. And, and it's it, as simple as it is, the, the the deeper it goes, right? Like, um I just I love unlocking new new amounts of uh new 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 steps of just like, ah, oh, I get that now. And I feel like our our gospel and our and our church is built around that, right? The line upon line, the precept upon precept thing
1: like a summer shower.
2: Yes, yeah, us Each
1: shower, our wisdom.
2: Yeah. And I just, I, I love that process and I, it breaks my heart when people don't go through that process and they kind of just stay there and they don't, they don't think that that's something they should be doing um, because I feel like that's pivotal to our, our faith and membership here. So.
1: All right, Chad, bring it home.
0: Um, the word agency pops in my head. Um, I love that we um, embrace the, I guess the goods and bads of making our own decisions and for me, I'm a huge advocate of talking about agency and getting it back. In so many ways we, you know, let go of it, whether it's addiction, but even like social ways and then relationship-wise, we let go of it, you know. But God is such a rewarder of us when we use our agency correctly. Whenever we make a choice, God rewards us. Even if it's the wrong choice, we the fact that we decided something, or not the wrong, but maybe not the best choice, or whatever. The fact that we decided he rewards it with more clarity, more learning, you know, Um, for some reason that that popped in my head. That's something I really, really uh, appreciate.
1: It's the Truman Brothers. You can get their music. Uh, if you go to theculturalhall.com, uh, look on the right-hand side. There is a link to a uh, Deseret book sort of shopping uh, link, an affiliate mm-hmm. link, if you will. Uh, you'll be able to find their album. In fact, I think all of their music there, uh, and you're able to save 15% because you found it through the Cultural Hall. Or you can use the promo code Richie, that's my name, R-I-C-H-I-E, uh, when you go to checkout and be able to get that 15% off. Uh, Chad Ben. Uh, We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you are not healthy enough (laughs) to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Brother Brent, Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, and BigMikesProducts.com will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Thank you so much.
3: Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat, on the back row trip show.